Hi, I'm the deviant mastermind behind the decades-long gay conspiracy that's got straight men across America competitively squatting to build asses bigger than cantaloupes and sashaying into your office in elastic khakis like a golf-themed Cirque du Soleil. You're welcome. Condé Nasty. I'm here, I'm awake, and that's enough for you. I'm Ursula the Sea Bitch. And this is Reading Drag Race, the show where we talk about whatever we want. But mostly RuPaul's Drag Race. Hey, Ursula, how are you? Hi, Condi, how's it going? Oh, living the dream. I think we are both hungover from last night. I, I, I'm a wreck today. Yeah. I, I saw Next to Normal last night, and I cried in public five times. And I think you know my policy on public displays of emotion. I was a wreck. I was demolished. They had to carry me out of that theater in a bucket. I went to one of my Southside relatives' ginormous wedding last night, so I cried five times, too. Yeah, it was it was a lot. I, I feel I feel cleansed though. Like I I, I kind of like degunked all of my emotion, everything I was holding in, just just left in that that theater. Yeah, no. Sometimes sometimes crying can be really cathartic, even if it's like completely unrelated. Or, yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. And this week we also have a guest. Hi, I'm that burning sensation. No, not that one. A little to the left, Valkyrie. Hey, Valkyrie. How are you? I'm doing great this morning. I did not cry at all last night, so I feel like. I'm behind. We'll get you and there. I might need yeah. to cry we'll get you there. six times during the podcast. I like yeah. it. So Valkyrie's a long-time listener, first-time caller. We're very excited to have her here. Um, she's a good friend of me and Hersela's. So Valkyrie, uh, every guest we have, we like to talk about their history with watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Why don't you tell me how long have you been watching the show? Yeah, I mean, I had season one all the way straight through as it, as it aired. Uh, big fan. My... History of drag goes back even farther. I grew up in Minneapolis, so as soon as I hit 18, uh, I was out at the 90s and the saloon and, and living it up as much as I, I could. <laughs> and so that's really what spurred my love of, of drag queens um, and gay people in general. Gotcha. So what do you think of, what is your favorite season of Curiosity? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I go back and forth. It can depend on the day and my hormone levels. I I think I'm so bad at what number what season is, but when the top three were uh, Bob, Kimchi, and Naomi, season eight, season eight. That's yeah. a that's a great one. That makes sense. Um, because I all three of them were legitimately contenders for the crown, and that was an amazing finale. Yeah, and like, yeah. Like yeah, I, I think back to like Kimchi's uh, dance. Like, had it been like one tier more complicated than four-year-old ballet recital, I think she would have been, it would have been neck and neck right to the end. I thought it was so perfect because it was in her range and it was super entertaining. And I love Kimchi leaning into fat feminization. I love that song. Oh, no, that, like, that's that was, a bop. That's a, I agree. I pull, like, I will, I'm often rotating drag videos on YouTube while cleaning my apartments on the weekends and fat feminization is a frequent, is frequently in rotation at my house. Yeah, I, I think, too, that they each had songs written for them, too. Yeah. Made that finale so much better. Oh, yeah. And referenced other things in yeah. the season. Purse like, First was great. Purse yeah. First was great. And and Bob had so much swag in that performance. Yeah. Um, so, why don't you tell us your coven, you're the five queens that, that really give you life, that resonate with you, and uh, you see some of yourself in? Yeah. Uh, so, drag, for me, is first and foremost about entertainment. Like, I totally respect the the looks and the more buttoned up pageant queens and the, the effort and work that goes into it. But I want to sit there and have a good time along with the queens and not just look at Barbie dolls. Right. Uh, so, I mean, uh, kimchi is, is definitely 
on the list. Um, I think she's more the, like, a lot of mine are, would be quote-unquote comedy queens, and Kim, she's very funny, but I think in a different, like, I don't think right away you clock her as a comedy queen. I she definitely you, brings a lot of that. I totally to agree with you. I feel like people commented, like, she's, like, the queen of the Instagram queens because she's, like, the best of all the look queens, and it's really, like, something else in avant-garde. But, like, she's also trolly and funny in oh, yeah. a way that a lot of people I don't think really clock how hilarious she is. Oh, yeah, like that that real, that dry as the Gobi Desert in high summer, real, like, I, like... As, as someone else who was a fat kid when they were growing up, you develop a very sharp wit as a defense mechanism because if you can't be as popular as your enemies, you can always comfort yourself that you're smarter than they are. Um, and that that's absolutely kimchi. Like, yeah. so she, she, she was a great talking head of her season because she was like reading everyone down, but in this like real subtle way where you could miss it if you weren't sharp enough to get what she was talking about. It was great. I love when Trixie talks about with kimchi, she'll be like, do you like this look? And she's like, I like your lip gloss. Like, she'll just, like, subtly read her all the time. It's great. Yeah. Well, I don't think her humor is for the laughs. Her humor is, like, we're, I have this inside joke. Yeah, like, yeah. You're a part of my inner circle. Right. Which is why this is an amazing thing to say, not, like, you're gonna bust on the floor. Yeah, I also, I love her Instagram for, like, it's, like, two-thirds drag, one-third food. And that speaks to me. Are you, are you like, that's exactly the proportions I want. Right. I, I, want, I want these, like, gorgeous, stunning looks that make me cry. But I also want to know where I can get good ramen any literally anywhere in the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mo- uh, moving on, uh, Katya. I'd like powerhouse. Yeah. Yep. I, I don't even know if She gets a tremendous amount of love on this yeah. podcast. Yeah, don't want to repeat uh, that. You see um, my t-shirt right now. I, I someone who I didn't immediately love on her original season, but came back on All Stars and like died over was Tatiana. She's, okay. Her TLC look was For one sure. of my all-time yeah. favorite, like, For died sure. when she came out on that, and I was like, she needs to win everything whenever <laughs> she wears that. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, I mean, there's a reason it took Alaska two years to recover from that elimination, mm-hmm. and I love Alaska, but rightfully so, bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. Amazing. Um, I, I mean, amazing all-star in her own life. Manila. Manila Luzon, um, again, the true winner like, of All Stars four. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much like this one is is she she is smart about what she does. There's always her looks are amazing, and then there's always that twist yep. or that point of view that no one else can do or pull off. Completely, Manila. Yeah, oh yeah, no, she's she's her own lane. Like, yeah, she, that period dress still. I, I still yes. have dreams about it. Oh no, it was gorgeous. I wish they just let her wear that. Like it wasn't even like it wasn't even like a gross out joke. It no. was very. It wasn't it was just like yeah. It, it wasn't like here's a bloody tampon with a string out of it or something. But it was just like it's it's it has this great graphic quality. You almost have to double check what am I looking at? Yeah. Like like an idiot wouldn't know what they were looking at because idiots don't care about women's health. Um, as we learned this week, as we did. Um, so yeah, that dress was stunning and gorgeous. And even if you want to say that it was somehow a taste problem, it was like the perfect ex- expression of when drag queens are in bad taste. Like, I, I just, I picture John Waters reading about that dress, not walking the runway, and him throwing, like, a rocks glass at his mantelpiece. You know? I, I, like to, <laughs> I like to imagine that, too. Uh, Manila is also a Minneapolis native. Yes, as yes. A, okay. As a Got Some state. other hometown queens we're not going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no. Minneapolis has, uh, I mean, 
I, I have enjoyed going out. I have enjoyed the gay scene in Minneapolis the few times yeah. I've been there. I've definitely hosted a lesbian bachelor party themed all the single ladies during Pride Week in Minneapolis in the past. So, um, rounding out the coven and like from second one when she walked in the workroom was my all time favorite is uh, Ben Delacram. I mm. like her humor speaks to me and the whole like she knows how to play the opposite or like to it like when she came out in the goth look which is like not anyone would ever imagine yeah. her in that goth look in all stars too and or yeah yeah three no, two it's... whatever it was okay no she's like a musician she just she yeah. understands so much that she can improvise with such confidence without ever losing herself completely yeah. completely she and tatia were two people who were like the fifth you know like fifth out and like the fandom was like uh, excuse me yeah. for very good reason. Um, I completely agree. What's funny is um, I've thought before on this podcast of doing like an honorable mentions because Hersla and I have talked about our covens before, but there's obviously like my coven, I feel like is people who really resonate with me um, and my exact sense of humor, but there's obviously a lot of other queens. I feel like your coven is like Katya and the four honorable mentions that I would have had. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think it, yours is... Uh, Valkyries is almost like a synthesis of the two it of ours. Absolutely is. But yeah, it like absolutely the is. high entertainer, high comedy, and then me. I love a good theater queen. I like if you tell me like I I did community theater for ten years before doing drag. I'm delighted. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and it shows it. And I think going back to what you said about being an entertainer, like knowing how to work a live room is a skill set. Yeah, it's it's like the difference. It's why Tony speeches are great and Oscar speeches aren't because the people giving that speech at the Tony make their living speaking in front of people, not a camera, and they know how to do it. Yeah, that, that just ability to feel a room, it just, it, it, it makes, it counts for a lot. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, and, and to the audience, we're having Valkyrie on. This is actually the second time we've had Valkyrie on. Oh, oh, we're, we're going to shade me like that? We're not shading you. Okay. Okay. Girl, it happens to all of us. <laughs> um, we lost, Valkyrie actually, like, rewatched all the Snatch games and prepared for our Snatch game episode. And was, like, the best episode we ever recorded, and we lost the record. The only lost episode I would want more to get back would be the Game of Thrones pilot that they <laughs> scrapped. Like, oh, with, Gen- with Jennifer L. as, uh, yeah. as Catelyn Stark? Yeah. Uh, that would be great. Oh, yeah, no, and they actually, the girl who they originally cast as Daenerys Targaryen, where they actually gave her silver hair and purple eye contacts, and the HBO execs were like, no, just no. All together, like I just think it's got to be a glorious shit show. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, it it was a recording problem, it's and mine. it was mine, and I'm deeply sorry. But I'm thrilled Valkyrie's yeah. back because you were a delight on the show. Yeah. That maybe I'll just release the hor- if we ever if we can dig it up in a way that even sounds terrible in your headphones, and you want to dig in, we'll we'll give it to you. Yeah. No. Again, Hersla, <laughs> this is not about blaming. No. This is just acknowledging. I have a lot of interior shame. Yeah, no. Thank you so much for being our editor. Shit happens. It was a brand new microphone. Shit happens. Indeed. Like, um, moving on. All right, so let's get into this episode. I'm very excited to talk about it. So re-entry into the workroom. I know, Hersla, you're always concerned with the uh, with the mirror message. Do you it's, remember what it was? Uh, not specifically. It was just it was just like a very nice thing. It, it's less the mere message itself. Very few have been like memorable for themselves. It's more just like this is there is a rhythm here. This is this is the Kaddish of drag. It's what you say when yeah. someone leaves, yeah. and I like having those um, courtesies respected. It makes it more professional. And Nina's was lovely. It was just like it was just well wishes for everyone and 
have a nice time. And I'm like, because of course Nina is going to have like a nice, genuine, honest goodbye. And that's not shady or like, I have to say, uh, I think it was like on Friday, Nina posted a bunch of pictures of her at Disneyland. Yeah. And that was the, in the shitstorm that is 21st century America. That was like the nicest thing I'd seen because this, Nina was this big goofy kid in one photo with the actual Goofy, uh, j- just having a ball. Like, just no irony, no n- no shading of it. It was just happiness, and it was so nice to see. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Nina's great. I, that's adorable. I love how much you love her. Um, yeah, so, uh, and then everybody's talking about how Silky has been begging to lip sync, and then did pretty terribly, and Rue said, uh, at the end of that lip sync, which I think is very funny. Um yeah. Did, did, any, did either of you have any thoughts on this? I thought Silky's response was going to be different. Like, I mean, coming off of that, she had, like, everyone knew it was horrible. And, like, it didn't seem like Silky was a fighter or apologetic or her. Her response was just like, I'm Silky. Oh, Yay. I think Silky's greatest strength of this competition is a deep lack of self-awareness. And I was not at all surprised that she thought that that was good. Ish. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, that, it was lower key, it was less delusional than I thought it would be. It was still delusional, but it was not as, like, pots and pans throwing delusional as I really thought it was going to be. It just, how does that even get, has anyone seen the video that was making the rounds also on, uh, I think on Friday? Uh, It's basically Silky at a live show where she basically suffers the identical uh, wig reveal malfunction and kind of checks out of the performance mid-performance as a result it was really like this is a top four con- my my i well, i also forgot that she even did a wig reveal yeah yeah she it- like <laughs> casually like it started to come off so she just like rather than like doing it then and like looking at the judges yeah she like was walking away and like took it off like this it was it was a nightmare and that pony it just my my dislike for Silky Ganache has transitioned from just fatigue because she's an exhausting personality on the show yeah. to like something a little deeper. Like Katya, one of the most talented queens ever to do anything ever, has literally almost literally destroyed their entire mind and body because of the anxiety of not doing well enough. Yes. And that's not help. Like, like, I don't know, it just feels, it feels unfair for, for a queen who's, like, so disinterested and unable to examine their own performance to have gotten so far. Yes. It's, like, more, more than just, like, like I'm, I'm enough of a grown-up to understand that not everyone has to like the things I like, and two different people liking different things on different bases does not diminish liking either one of them. Yeah. But it's not, yeah, it, it's like, there, there are queens where... Silky literally got far by being loud. Yeah. And being loud in a way that only somebody who lacks self-awareness could. Yeah. It, I, it made it really uninteresting. I, yeah. I think it's just the participation trophy. Like, Silky thinks she's amazing because everyone's told her she's good and, and given her that purple ribbon or whatever color everyone gets. And, like, she's just been able to roll along and never... And from what I've seen on the show, hasn't stepped up, hasn't done anything amazing that I'm going to remember after this season. Me neither. Um, yeah. And that she just seems to be like, oh, okay, you're good enough. You're loud enough. That, that I you guess around. you can come through. Yeah. Like, Nina West has delivered, in my opinion, 
two of the best performances literally ever in the history of Drag Race. Like, that Magician show, I both the Televangelist and the Magician's Challenge, I did not think that anybody could perform anywhere near that well. But Nina, that's, mm-hmm. her, that's her on a Tuesday. She knocked it out of the fucking park. I feel like Nina is somebody who knows what she's doing and she really tried in that lip sync, even if it's like not her lame and she is like clinically Caucasian. Um, she still like did it and they kept Silky around. And to me, to me, Silky making it this far is like a sign of how much like I don't really care about the judges' opinions at all anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like to me, Nina is one of the top performers of this show. She is now to me a legend. She already kind of was a legend. Yeah. And they might have removed her because she's cordial in the workroom, but that doesn't change the fact that as far as I'm concerned, she was a much better performer than Silky Ganache. Like, the judges' opinions are just opinions that largely have to do with reality TV editing, yeah. not performance. Oh, no. And, and also, like, I said this uh, uh, the, the week last week, where it's like, if she had sent both of them home, I would have been sad, but I would have gotten it. Because it wasn't, it wasn't a lip-sync for the ages. Yes. It was, yeah. at best, at, in the most generous interpretation, meets the definitional requirements of a lip-sync and nothing more. But to send, to keep Silky over Nina... Was insane. Was insane. Was insane. Yeah. Like, I lost most of the remaining respect I had for RuPaul because of that choice. Yes. And now I'm just like, I'm glad there's a platform for drag queens to showcase themselves. This is not a competition. Your trophy literally means nothing to me. Yeah, or even in, it, yeah, we talked about this too uh, on other episodes where it's like, and when the show started, it was a joke. It was a, it was punking on reality TV, so it didn't have, it, it mattered less that the show, like, you know, Rue even, you know, played it up, like, I've consulted my, the judges, the, my lawyers, and my housekeeper, but the final decision is mine. That was fun, and poking you in the eye that this isn't the Olympics of drag, it's just a goof-off reality show, but then it transitioned into the more gravitational, right, it's the gravitational center of drag, and again, I, it, it is not the Olympics of drag, it is a semi-scripted show, and I appreciate all that, but... The writing, the writing is just terrible now. It's yeah, like, like it really is. <laughs> it is. Um, okay, so the the last we we we're very big on uh, these these discussions at the top of our episode lately. I, I um, so m- moving on with the episode. So Silky acknowledges that being stubborn and needing to work on forgiving Evie, which I thought was nice. They're all like, "Hey, we're cordial at the end of this nonsense." Um, yeah, I I, I always. Uh, not I, I ratchet down my assessment of someone's reality show foolishness by one step because I'm like, if I also didn't sleep well or eat well or see my friends or sunlight for three weeks, I'd probably be a real bitch too. Oh me! Oh my god! <laughs> I I would not want to be around me in this environment. Um, okay, so Michelle. The next day, they're all in the workroom. Michelle comes in. Um, she has some great concealer and some fresh filler, and she announces the wrapping challenge. Um, and so then we go to the workroom banter, and the girls are all talking about their wraps, and uh, Evie's talking about how rap is just about, uh, you know, really selling yourself and what you do and sort of boost, boasting. And Vanjie talks about she, how she raps all the time. Um, and Brooklyn seems to be surprisingly confident given how much this challenge is outside of her wheelhouse. Um, which I've got to say this personally, you've said before about Nina West that she, whatever the challenge is, she'll just like burst in with like just effort.com. Like she just like, she throws her whole self into things. And I feel like this is a challenge that in my mind was so outside of Brooklyn's comfort zone. 
but she was like fully willing to just like I carry myself like Grace Kelly, but I'm gonna try. Yeah, and and I think that's always the difference in in drag queens who succeed or not in the show and in real life. Where like yeah, this would not be a challenge that suited to my natural skill set. But I've listened to Hamilton enough. I could I could crib it. It'd be fine. Your your rap sounds curiously like Hamilton, Ursula. Why is that? Because I cheated. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but it's yeah. Uh, Brooklyn actually did imp- impress me, and we'll get to this in the com- in the judges' critiques later. But like Brooklyn did actually manage solid B plus rap, which is shocking given that based you know making some broad demographic assumptions. Mike was like, has she ever listened to a rap song? Ever? No. Maybe? No, maybe. Um, and I think, th- th- I agree. She she chucked herself into it to the point where, even if it was delusional, it was delusional in the right way. Cause yeah. it, it carried you through whatever nerves you may have. As Katya says, if you think about it, self, like, what is it? Self-image is really a lie. So yeah. whatever lie you tell yourself, make it a good one. Totally. Uh, Valkyrie, what did you think of uh, the whole challenge and the girls' banter in the workroom? Yeah, I mean, I was surprised at how well all of them did with writing the lyrics. I, okay. I, I mean, there's some, there's shades of gray. For, definitely. In, in the lyrics, but I, I don't think there was one that was, like, horrible or, like, what are you thinking um, oh yeah, no, I agree. From that at, at all, which was and and part of that is probably everyone knows this challenge is coming too, so you should start thinking through what words rhyme that are also about me that might be good yeah, yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. to use and have in my pocket before things start. Um, and yeah. no one, no one seemed to be worried. They all seemed to just dig in and figure it out. Yeah, I agree. I yeah, agree. no, yeah, no one got the I don't know what I'm doing at it and. Maybe it's just like Snatch Game now, where you need to have this in your pocket. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree. Um, it was fun watching the recording with Todrick, because I felt like Brooklyn needed help, and he was very nice with Brooklyn, and it was funny to see Brooklyn try real hard with that kind of effort. And I thought Todrick did a good job of like meeting Evie where she was and being like, let's get a little weird with your intonations. Like I thought he did a good job. Meeting them where they were, and with I, all of them. I, I appreciated his his advice. I, I kind of I liked him more in the rap recording than I do as a choreographer. And that's not to say he's not a good dancer, or a good choreographer. It was just like in terms of watching, I love those kind of spot specific. Here's what's not working for me. I'm the outside person. I hear the things you yeah. don't. I see the things you can't, and make this one tweak, and it will cascade down the line. And which so like his like if you want to do this character do this character more at least right at the top and it'll set a tone and uh, that that kind of advice really works because I, I know he took over for um, Billy Porter on in Kinky Boots so it's like I, I appreciate that kind of theatrical quality of knowing uh, where to where to make the best change with the smallest amount of work yeah that always that, delights me that makes sense that makes sense um, so then moving on to the dance rehearsal um, I I enjoyed it on Hull. I love Akira. You know I love... Like, I have such a soft spot for her because I think she's so funny and genuine and I love her drag. And I feel like they the edit has kind of been sleeping on her, so you know I always fangirl during every episode. Um, it was cute to see her struggle and be funny in the confessional. Um, and I loved Brooklyn doing the dance in a way that had the, like, stiffness of a ballet dancer who was, like, technically hitting all the marks. I love Todrick being, like, 
you need to go to the Cardi B school for girls. You need to put some stank on this. Like, it was... And Brooklyn was so receptive to the, like, playful mockery. That's the thing. That, his, self, his willingness to be self-effacing. Yes. Great. And it, it reinforces your, your doctoral thesis about how Brooklyn Heights could have done literally any other white woman on the planet yep. in Snatch Game. And just then herself, who was a funny, shady bitch. And she would have... Like, I honestly think she would have been top three. Not one, but, like, yeah. the bottom of the top three. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she she impressed she has overall impressed me like as much as I criticized her for sucking the air out of the performance with Nina I can't deny she took criticism she took commentary and she was willing to be like ridiculous like and that's the thing the pageant queen usually Mariah usually has the hardest time with where it's like I can't ever not be perfect because that's gonna puncture whatever self image I'm desperately clinging to to get through my day um, but Brooklyn really can and that was. And, and, it, and, it, and again, makes the forthcoming critic, critiques annoying as fuck, but I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll take some deep breaths. <laughs> what did, what, did you have any thoughts from the dance rehearsal? Yeah, I mean, I Todrick, again, I really like all that constructive criticism because everyone had something to work on. I yeah. don't think anyone came and nailed it and was going to be like the dancing threat. Yeah. Like there has been in other seasons. Like everyone seems to be on the same plane. Like their raps were all pretty good. Their dancing all needed work. Like no one is... Okay excelling in any one area like some of the other competitions or past seasons we've seen so it's not like at this point i wasn't like oh well is the rap going to be more important than the dance or how do you judge those two against each other when someone's so good in one and so bad in the other but everyone just seems to be leveling off and giving a very similar performance or like small tweaks of strengths and weaknesses but it's like this is an interesting way that this all comes down because it's going to be very apples to apples yeah, even, even Silky managed to take critique and respond to it in real time in a way that was Surprising. shocking. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I've just been doing that the whole time. I might like you more. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, uh, no, I agree. I agree. Um, Vanjie is, like, I've seen Vanjie live a couple times, and I'll get into this more later, but, like, she's a phenomenal dancer, and on stage, she's a phenomenal dancer with tons of energy. Um, and I think this was actually in her wheelhouse, so, like, it didn't surprise me that she was doing the best... But he was like, look at the audience be present. I think Vanjie is so fucking nervous that Vanjie, with these cameras on her, is, like, not able to relax. But she's a phenomenal dancer. Like, I I encourage all of you to see Vanjie live. She's a great dancer, and she's hilarious off the cuff on the mic. She's so self-conscious on this platform. I feel like we're not seeing, like, the light that is her at a bar on a, on a Friday night. Okay, and before we uh, finish up the rehearsals, they, this is they were splicing this in with the uh, podcast with the podcast interviews, which were a weird non-entity. Those Tic Tac interviews have been pretty good in other seasons, and they've managed to squeeze some real insight into the into the queens. I feel like it was that missed opportunity where it, the the queens that was their point to kind of sell themselves and tell their quote unquote sob story or like why this is so important to them and or how it's helping them, them yeah. personally grow and like and besides Akira, which holy shit why was... why has that not come out before yeah now? why has it not come out before now and why did they not have more of it in the edit because they obviously talked about it more yeah and i love Akira, and that's a really interesting story can you imagine Akira being your dad like i bet sweet as can be i yeah i bet he's such a pushover oh no i bet he's super loving but also strict do you know what i mean no, I could see his mom being like the strict grandma, like you will not do that in this house. I disagree. 
So now, now we're going to start a new podcast about a curious parenting. Yeah. <laughs> but so aside from that, no one else shared any real insight or I wasn't excited. Like, Vangie did Vangie and was great, mm-hmm. but there wasn't anything new out of that. And like, I... I wanted more from Akira, and I expected the same level from everyone else. Especially when the first podcast they show was Akira. Oh yeah, no, it's all done. That's a from huge it. setup, and then it's flat the rest of the way. Oh, it's completely uninteresting. Yeah, it was, it was like, does everyone have a secret child? What else? Yeah. And like, at some point, it, it had to be clear to the producers: Brooklyn and Vanjie have very consciously chosen not to give you their relationship in the workroom beyond like a little, you know, intimate proximity. And at some point, forget, like, respecting people's boundaries, because this is reality TV, and those are two words that respect and boundaries are not words used in reality television. You just have to understand, it's a dry well. Like, you're not going to get anything because they've chosen not to, and they're both talented enough to have gotten this far that they don't have to. This isn't a Pearl situation. Well, I guess Pearl made it to the top three, but it was just like, like, yeah, it was, like, so artless, just... Let it go. Like, if there's nothing there, especially when you're editing it I later on. I feel like they asked about it. They got, like, a couple of decent sound bites, but they were otherwise keeping it tight. I think, I think, I just, I actually disagree with you mm. on this. I feel like, do I think that, like, Rue's trying to get more than she should? Yeah. But I feel like we got about as much as they were willing to share, and I think it was the right amount. And I, I honestly think if they gave them any more, it would have been, it would have been aired. Mm. I, I, I mean. Yeah. Besides them kissing, what else are they going to air on? Yeah. Television. Yeah, I did. I agree with both of you. I think it was a lost opportunity. And again, I fucking love Akira. So to me, if, if Akira, Akira is the only one who's giving you an interesting interview about being a dad, like I'd like to see that footage. I'm also mad because that would have changed how she developed over the season if we had learned that fact earlier. Yeah, no, that could have given so much more interesting facets to her as a performer. Yeah. yeah. Knowing she has this a whole other now child <laughs> that she's balancing yeah. between her drag life and her family life. Right, right, right. I agree. Now let's take a moment. Let's pause for a, a word from our sponsors. Have you tried not? For those times when you feel like offering an opinion on the internet on a subject you only just learned about on Wikipedia, always remember you could not. For those times when you feel like bombarding the mentions of an actor just trying to make a living because you're mad about something a writer, a totally different human being did, you could not. When you find yourself about to lecture a member of an historically oppressed minority about their life experience, all you have to do is just not. It's not, and it's available anytime, anywhere, and it's the perfect way not to show your entire ass to the entire internet all at once. Just remember that not every thought, opinion, or feeling you have needs to be fucking expressed the minute your fucking brain creates it, and you too can just not. Not. Because you shouldn't. And now back to the show. And we're back. So let's start with Rue's look. She's looking very, uh, you know, Glinda the Good Witch meets Detox final look from All Stars 2. Very geometrically cut tool, modern ballerina. I fucking loved it and lived for it. I also liked her, like, glittery purple, almost pink eyeshadow. I'm not saying this is, like, her best look, but I loved this look. What did you think about Brady? I was not in love with it. I wanted a little more. Like, I liked that they had, like, the Greek straps on the side of it and wanted more of that or that exaggerated more than what it was. Because once you got to the skirt, it was, like, Part of it stopped halfway down, and then it went to the floor, yes. and yeah. I was like, I don't 
get it. There's things in here that I enjoy and I want more of, but overall, I was like, you rolled around in some twall and went on the wrong way. Yeah, I did. I liked it from the neck up. I didn't like it from the neck down. Okay, it did not do it for me. I think it, it was the did weird it for me, girl. It was the weird <laughs> way the the tool cut off. So it was like like these like wedding cake tears yeah. situation, and that was just not making. That was not uh, that was not doing it for me. I hear you. All right. Um, so Carson is back, and I don't think he's been on the show since the premiere episode. They made a lot of jokes about how he hadn't been there. I honestly thought that... Wasn't he in the Prize episode? Maybe. Yeah, it's, it has been a while, but maybe. I think it was like episode three, maybe. Okay, yeah. And he... I, I was honestly like, are they just like, oh, we're just going to have Ross on a lot more episodes than Carson? Like, what's going on? But um, I thought it was funny. I thought even in the when they did the runways and they had the... You know the voiceovers of the judges' comments. It was like I feel like somebody gagged Ross and was like, "Carson, you get all the puns. You're contractually obligated to like make this many puns in a season, and we're gonna get them all in today." Um, but it was nice to see Carson. Yeah, I actually I much prefer him when he tries to be less Vogue editorial and more like making puns like Ross. I'm not sure why, hmm. um, but yeah. Live performances. What were your What were your thoughts? Why don't you walk us down that that live performance runway, Ursula, uh, as this is your lane? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna start with the general comment, and it's the most important one. Those dancers were fucking hot. I that rehearsal footage was just. I, I was feeling very heated uh, under my collar. Just a couple of them, like that real snarky, sassy twink one on the right, and the one with the no sleeves on the left, uh, just made me very happy. Um, I am less enamored than the show is with the single take model. Yeah, it's not interesting. It just, I mean, if nothing else, your single take is just pan outs. You just pan out from one queen to the next. You're not actually, this isn't Kubrick here. You're not making, like, like, honestly, if you just gave them each one take and then stitched those takes together, it's the same thing. They think it's more interesting than it is. Yeah. And I think they've executed it better in the past. This one, it almost seemed like this challenge didn't matter. Right. Like, it was like, oh, we're going to show this and then just do runways and get it out of the way. Yeah. Um, and how they pieced it together wasn't exciting. It, like, there was a lot less movement. It literally just felt, they were like, oh, I'm going to spin in a circle and everyone's going to get their two minutes and we'll be done. Yeah, yeah. I thought I, it was much better used in the um, All-Stars 3 with Shangela and BB. Yeah. Like, like, that was... That actually felt like the that camera guy earned his paycheck. High yeah. energy, and yeah. they were all dancing very hard, and I completely agree. The camera guy earned yeah. his check. And that, that looked that was way more impressive and challenging. Yeah. yeah. And that too, like their dancing led you to a different space, and then that space was activated by the next queen. Right. Like, right. That single take made sense because of the choreography and how everything was constructed. It was like that Janet Jackson video. I forget which one it was, but it was like the first half of that video was just Janet leading you through the set, and that made sense this was just the cameraman's wandering through a rehearsal studio well i didn't like the setting didn't fully make sense right it was a club either because it was like i'm there's a brick wall am i in an alley it was it was like a strip I, club. Uh, and then like going club. in and then i'm in a i'm in a bathroom all of a sudden yeah. like that the setting was could have been better well i mean we, we've all found ourselves suddenly in the bathroom of a strip club so i'm not criticizing it on that count it's just um yeah, it was just it was just uninteresting. Um, I uh, from the top, I liked Akira's performance because I like everything Akira does, and I, I we all know I love 
like a shiny synthetic material for the idea of hair. Oh, oh, oh I yeah. I thought she did a great job. Serving as Diane Carroll in the Star Wars Christmas special. You, this bitch, <laughs> this bitch, like, you got me, girl. You got me. Um, and and then, her dancing, I mean, they clearly modulated the choreography ever so slightly. Yeah. But she did what she was asked to do competently. And yeah, you. You can't be mad. Like, uh, if a curious C. Davenport took $20 out of my purse, I don't think I could be mad at her about it. I'd want my $20 back eventually, but I'm just saying, like, like she just Oh, had, I'd be like, she must really need it. You know, she, <laughs> oh she wouldn't have done... She's got a kid to raise. Like, I... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, really. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. I'd be like, you take it, girl. Yeah. You wouldn't have done it if you didn't need it. That's fair. You could have just asked. Yeah. Like, it's just... I can't be mad at her. Yeah, no, I get yeah, it. She I get stepped it. up and did what she needed to do in that number. I agree. I also really enjoyed the wig change when she came back for yeah. the final dance number. Yes, me too. Act, like the more, what I think of as more Akira, hair. Yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, she's worn that wig before. I like that look on her. Um, Brooklyn, I think, did a good job but failed to put the aforementioned stank on her performance. It was very her rapping and I feel like some of the she made the, like, about joke, and she, like, said, do you have L.A.? Like, I think she almost leaned into the, like, rich white bitch cliche in it and was stiff, and I feel like it was kind of fun because of that, but I do feel like she needed to add a touch of swag, and she, like, clearly couldn't. I get that. I don't think it was bad in any way. I agree. I don't think it was the second worst performance of the night me neither um <laughs> silkies i feel like barely existed what there was like four dance moves she was on the screen for like six seconds and did fine but it and was under half of it was her back walking away yeah and please the only people who actually did who did anything in that were the dancers were the people who picked her up which is funny because when they did the the rehearsal she was dancing with dancers and she wasn't hitting those moves so i'm like what is this dance rehearsal where none of it makes it in or very little of it yeah. actually makes it in yeah no she yeah, like I could dance too if all, if all you have to do is have four people pick me up like like uh, like I'm some kind of statue and you have a bunch of people with Beyonce ropes too. and you, you just yeah please yeah <laughs> carry me around I'm a dancer and then we move on to Vanjie or did you Valkyrie do you have anything else to say on Silky no I I will give Silky credit where the two or three moves she landed she landed them very well after she got back up and she did. And her, Those couple her, and her face was beat. Yeah. Her face always... Her face is always beat. Yeah. She knows how to yeah. beat her face. Yeah. I don't know what that outfit was, but she <laughs> she nailed uh, the, the dance move she was asked to do. Yes. Um, which was fraction of what everyone else was asked to do. And then we move on to Vanjie, who I think... Like, I, I disagree with you. I think Vanjie, this was in her lane. This is kind of... Like, Brooklyn's a strong dancer, but this isn't her kind of dancing. This is Vanjie's dancing. Like... And they move on to her, and she's the only one with hard choreo of the entire thing. She looks just as anxious as she did during the, like, Drag Olympics challenge, where she was technically the strongest, but was just so nervous and in her own head that she looked joyless. And it was kind of the same thing. She lost on, like, a couple words for her own rap, and then she wasn't singing to the Rue part. And they caught it like she wasn't really lip singing. This, this broke my heart. It was rough because she had the hardest dance and she did it, but she looked so nervous that sad. she couldn't like yeah. be joyous, which is sad because if you see her live, she's like, she, I'm telling you, like I've seen her where it's like 13 queens and Vanjie is indisputably the light of the night, both her performance and her mic work. 
she like, was set see up, her live. Yeah, <laughs> she was set up to win this challenge. Yeah, like she had everything in the warehouse. She was the last. She was the last scene. She was the best dancer. Her choreo was the hardest. But when she came out, that from the look on her face, I was watching with a friend on Thursday, and we both just sat there in this like awkward silence of like, it, 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 I can't. It's almost like I can't even talk. It's like. Did 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 Drag Race hurt you, Vanjie? Did the constant yeah. critiques about your waist and your looks just finally get permanently inside your head? Because... I think she arrived thinking what you said on the first episode mm-hmm. of this podcast, which is that she's like this big, iconic legend, but like we've barely seen her, and so now there's an idea of Vanjie she has to live up to. I'm going to tell you right now, like she's got what Alyssa Edwards has in her own unique Vanjie yeah. way, where it's like she's a phenomenal dancer, and off the cuff, she is fucking hilarious. You just need to like relax. I think she showed up with that expectation of I'm iconic, but they barely know me fear that it like, I think it just like ate away at her. She needed like a beta blocker, like nobody's business to make it through this season. Yeah. I just, it, it was, it, and it was just visible. Yeah. It was, it was very visible. I think it made it worse too. Cause a lot of her moves were in line with the backup dancers. Oh yes. Then they're all nailing everything. Yeah. Whereas some of the other choreo go with like the girls in front, or it wasn't quite yeah. um, equal right. with, with the backup dancers. And so it, if things would have been different, it might not have seen as bad for Angie. Yeah. But they, they expected her to do good. She was the best in dance rehearsals, and they wanted to challenge her, and then it completely flopped. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, just, then. Just hurt, hurt my soul. Yeah, no, me too, me too. And, and like, I mean, I'll get to this towards the end, but, like, as far as I'm concerned, Vanjie is still, like, a drag legend. Oh, yeah. I will always see when she's in town. Yeah, so I assume... Don't you worry, worry, girl, you're going to get those cookies. Like, you'll be getting my dollars. Yeah. Um, so, and the, la- the last performance was Evie just, Oddly. Oh, amazing. Like, for, and, and she had it. Like, and maybe it was, like, one of those things where, like, the edit to the rap kind of kicked it into gear. Like... But like when she pops up, like 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 you know Morticia Adams or something, which is it was amazing. Like from the from the second she was on screen, she just grabbed you and held you. And it was also like in terms of just dance, uh, like just in terms of the choreography, the one minute of her doing the ex- like I literally when I was here with my friend, I was like, oh, they should recast her in The Exorcist to do that spider walk scene. And then she literally did that thing, and I felt very validated. Um, but it was like. She, they peppered her abilities in just the right way to not knock it out of the dance they were doing. It was like a really good balance of the tone with her skill set. That wig is beautiful. I will always uh, dampen my panties just a little over a good finger wave. Like that's just Me too. Me too. like uh, it was aesthetically. Cool. I just love that era. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bury me next to Josephine Baker is all I'm asking. What, what did you think? <laughs> yeah, no, she delivered. I mean, it's exactly what I, I wanted from her. It was like, I don't think she's in question of being in the bottom at, at this point. Um, and it was fun without taking away from who Evie is. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all that. And she, I don't think I would have made the same choices she did. Not all of it was necessarily my cup of tea every moment, but I also think that's what makes Evie Evie. And like, those are choices she would make and it wouldn't, like it all added up to something great that felt very her. More than anything, I feel like she knew exactly who she was, what she was selling, and she made the right type of eye contact with a camera the whole way through. She, the whole way through. Yeah, she which was only the, made Vanjie's failure to make eye contact like worse, feel even more yeah. balanced. She was the one who who held in character the entire time. Oh, like yeah. there wasn't the point of like, I have to walk this way now, or like I need to spin around and go to the pole, whereas 
took me out of the moment. Like, every second she was on that screen, I was there. I believed it. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Um, all right. So, moving on to the runway category, best drag. Uh, so, what did you guys think of the runway looks? I don't think any of it was best drag. I think we've seen better things from everyone on that runway than what went down there tonight. I agree. Things things were good. I'm not saying anything was, like, horrible. They were high points. But if that's what you were... Why is that what you were keeping this entire time? I, I will I will make arguments for... Please. Akira and Evie in that category. But we can just go to... Like, Let's go I that. loved Akira's look. Me too. It is the... It is one of the... like. Normally, like like when Alexis Michelle did it, I find things like I I spent four hundred hours and lost an eye putting all these little turquoise pieces on this bodice. Who fucking cares? But like thinking about the effort that went into a curious dress, somehow I'm charmed and delighted, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. That was definitely one of the better ones. Yeah, I hated her hair. She has had amazing hair this entire season, and that just seemed mm. like like flat and like super triangle geometric and wasn't the glamour fantasy that she's present and like you think back to her gold dress her yeah. gold dress was her best drag that was fucking and, like, legendary nothing out of place and this I, like it 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 didn't live up to that and it didn't live up to the this pageant glamour idea yeah that is a curia for me yeah I'll, I'll give you the, the hair was weaker i did love the dress for itself like i thought she looked great um yeah, no, I, I love the dress. I'll give you the hair was not her traditional hair, but I love the dress. I don't think it was her best drag. I think it was very good drag. Um, well, because yeah. Silky stole her hair, so she had to... Well, I was literally one. just oh, about to gonna... say, Silky went down the runway in a nude sequence dress. That was nice. She's done pageants this whole time and hasn't mixed it up like even a little, but I was like, did you borrow Akira's wig? Oh, no, my literal thought was Silky's best look is doing an Akira impersonation. It really, yeah. it really was. It really was. And what's funny is now that I'm looking at, um, now that I'm looking at Akira's wig, I'm like, is that what Banji put on Ariel Versace last week? Or it's himself? close. It's close. It looks real similar. Yeah. And literally, a, a Silky's wig looks like one Akira's worn, like for two, yeah, yeah. a third of the challenges, just yeah. slightly styled differently. Yeah. Fairly. Uh, Brooklyn, I will agree. This was not Brooklyn's best drag. Her, her caftan was better. And I, I think with Brooklyn, like, that was Brooklyn's best drag coming into the show. And she didn't take into account or think, do I need to change this or how can I tweak it to be in line with who I am now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, there wasn't an edge. She, in like the promo photo in the first episodes, she presented amazing no. looks that weren't like ballerina or yeah. pageant looks. And then you walk out in this very safe, very understandable thing that you would want to pack and show. But after everything you've been through, how do you not tweak it somehow to make it? I didn't like the headpiece and the wig. It's like too uniform in color and texture. So it just is yeah. this weird blob on her head. I, I honestly wish she would have just cut the top off and just gone out top, like bare chested. Boy chest in a tutu. Boy chested in a tutu with a different wig on it. That would have that would have been a look. I, I do you think that she would have survived that? Like, do you think that the judges would have responded positively to that? I'm, I'm the curious. producers were putting her in the bottom no matter what. I yeah, it doesn't. She could have been the best dress out there. She was going to be in the bottom. Yeah, I'll give you that, but I don't think that she was so cons- 
I don't think she had made that concession internally yet, and I think that's reasonable. Um, it definitely wasn't her best drag. For me, I would have loved to see something that was more... And I know everybody's commented at points that Brooklyn like basically showed up with Detox's closet. I would love to see her in something that was like modern geometric ballerina, like, like Detox's All-Stars 2 final look, because I think it makes sense for the ballet queen who's used her ballet training to sell a lot this whole season and very effectively um to do something like that like that is even more like that than like Rune's dress yeah. um it, it, it i get it i mean i think like this is a part of her life she traveled with that that cross-dressing like ballet yeah. troupe for six yeah. years i get it but it's not her best drag it yeah. just isn't well i i think that look could go into any ballet and look fine that look isn't necessarily a drag look. No. Maybe it needed a little color. It just needed something. No, to... there was no contrast. Yeah, like, there were so many fails, and she made so many right choices aesthetically with so much else that she wore that that was like, bitch, what? Yeah. Um, I I get Silky's look. It's fine. It's pretty. I'm staring at a picture of it now, and I actually think she does kind of still have a padding issue, but I'm not going to belabor it. But that's her best drag. That's just adequate pageant drag. It's not even great pageant drag. I know, but I mean, she's only done, like, versions of that look the entire time, so I wasn't yeah. expecting, like, her to suddenly have a curious gold dress. I, I think what I want more out of Silky is her to connect her personality to her looks. Yeah. Because oh, she's I so agree. big, she's so loud, she can be funny. None of that comes through in what her drag is at all. Yeah, and I agree. That if she found a way to merge those. Yeah, if she had, like, a teaspoon of Jinx Monsoon or Kimchi, yeah. like, just a little... Like, Kim, I think going back to like Kimchi for a second, like her looks are an expression not just of her heritage, but like of herself. Like, there's like this one to one art happening. And I think that's what makes her so appealing and why she is the best of the look queens because it's proof that a look can be affecting, not just pretty. Yes. Um, and like, yeah, it's always like Silky is someone else in the workroom than she is on stage. And normally you get, they get clocked for shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so, Vanjie's look, what did you guys think? It was a dress. <laughs> yeah, it. if it had a slit with lining, I might have liked it more just for the contrast. But right, this is just, and I get she's doing Gone with the Wind, so it looks like a curtain. It is a curtain. It's a curtain dress. She's corseted. It's fine. But it, get, it was the look on her face. She looked like she was going to a funeral. Yeah, it didn't. She wasn't having fun on the runway. I did enjoy her earrings. Yeah, I, that that was the high point of the dress, and I wish some more of that sparkle was incorporated into the dress, or there was something more. This is almost a look that screams for a reveal because it's yeah. it's a beautiful, fully achieved look, but it's so big and bulky with a huge yeah. hoop skirt that had she like stepped out of it, if that was really like a fierce, slim cut, like pant jumper. Whatever that's called. Yeah. I'm not a woman's fashion yeah. designer. A romper. Romper. Yeah, but not like big sure. and baggy, but yeah. just like dominatrix, corseted. Okay. Oh, like, that, a cat, like a cat suit. Yeah, that could have been amazing. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like the, I like, I'll just say, okay, so two things. Banji's look, I get everything you guys are saying. I'm not saying you're wrong. I think you're right. Personally, that kind of hair and a big in that like just darker than Kelly Green Damas pattern. It's one of those things where I'm like, I know this is underwhelming in an objective way. Subjectively, it's a look I fucking love. 
Um, I love that she referenced Vivian Westwood. I don't know if it's my Irish heritage or something, but like this color. And we've never seen Vanjie in something quite like it. It's a little different. I fucking loved it, but I think I told I assumed that objectively for everybody it was underwhelming. Um, as far as Evie, I like that she made an effort to merge pageant and weird in just the right way that this show wants. I think a lot of us who love drag want the show to open up to a lot more weirdness, and I think Evie showed up with the intention of being able to be Evie while still like fitting the categories. And I'm really impressed with what she did here to do that, but I definitely think it's like they're requiring her to walk a finer line than I want drag queens to have to walk if they're bringing me fun, weird, creative drag. I know. I, I think this was the smartest move on, on her part. Yeah. And it and it was I enjoyed that she tried to bring Glamour in earlier in the season and it was a misstep and I like I'm wondering how, how calculated was some of that, yeah. knowing this was her last look. Hmm. Knowing she's because I'm I'm not jizzing my pants over it, but like it's it's a well put together look, it's smart, it it it's one of the best looks on the runway. because um, it it Unlike Soki, it shows her personality, yeah. and it does it in, in a very elegant way that has not been seen yet. Yeah, this one really did it for me. Her face was gorgeous. The The construction was there. Like, yeah. you can't you can't criticize a, a stitch on that thing. And uh, I, I will always like a weird high-end drag glam callback to Total Recall. Like, it was just... Yes. And like it was like it was very subtle. Like until until they panned up to the bodice and she said three boobs, I was like, oh my god, she has three boobs. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't like she had like huge yeah. breastplates and it was a joke. It was it was very elegant and that was like really surprising. It's a gorgeous color on her and one she doesn't really wear that often. Yeah. And I, I think the subtlety is what made it successful. Yeah. Is that I agree. you walk in and you're like, oh, a third eye, whatever, and then. You see her do the Star Trek sign. Right. Like, no, it's three fingers, three boobs, three knots in her wig, right. three assholes on the back of her dress. Yeah, like, yeah, all of that was. There was yeah. something new you were discovering that As made it more fun and interactive than any of the other. Yeah, dresses. the three fingers. Yeah, yeah, she's a great detail queen. Like, uh, except for my critique of her dress for Scarlet, I don't think I've ever been able to clock her in the in the uh, fine details of any look she sent down the runway. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, all right. So then we get to the pictures of themselves. I was pretty moved by what Brooklyn had to say that really seemed to spoke to internalized homophobia as a childhood prison. It was very moving and effective for me. And then I feel like the other four queens all spoke in a way that kind of spoke to how gay boys who are creative and weird and energetic and like playing dress up and stuff are sort of bullied by a world that expects them to care about sports and nothing else. And how traumatic it is that straight people don't let, like, basically just they're like, don't be interesting, little boys. Um, uh, so it just, it was sad to listen to because I feel like it was, like, all kind of the same similar message that makes me super grateful for really progressive parenting these days. And I just yeah. hope that kids growing up now, like, will not have the same uniform narrative of I was interesting and imaginative and therefore shamed for it my entire childhood. I mean, we all yearn for the day that straight men stop being terrible, but... Um, <laughs> as this week taught us. Yes, this... this yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to this in the future, I don't know what that future looks like now. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> um, no, they all got me. I was doing the, the family stuff. I don't know if this was in the 
bit with her photo or in the podcast interview but banji's picture with her mom killed me like oh my god they're so adorable and look exactly alike and that's so cute yeah no her mom definitely looks like how old are you yeah (laughs) when did you have banji did you have any thoughts on the pictures i i feel like they they were all moving i felt like that bit is getting a little old for me like they said it gets better they harken back to all the same lines it seems like very similar narratives and it's it's moving i don't want to detract it it's important that it was included at some point i don't know if now is not the point they try to tweak it or evolve it for the next season because there's there's only so many ways you you can answer that question and i don't want it to get to the point where it's just here's this rote thing i have to do yeah but like how else can we get this inspirational message out i agree i agree i also think like the thing is, I buy it for at least nine out of ten queens, and it, the rep- repetition of "I was a smart, creative, energetic, imaginative little gay boy, and the whole world spent my entire childhood telling me it was wrong that I was interesting" is like a narrative I'm fine with the queer community and this show hammering home because I feel like it is a real problem with social expectations yeah. of masculinity. I agree with what you're saying. I'm still like, we're gonna just hammer something home left, right, and center. I think that's like that's a message I will make off the cup to a stranger in an elevator. <laughs> All right, so now it's on to the judging. Thoughts? Uh, Evie's on top, obviously. Like, there's 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 just no question. Yep. Um, what got me was the minute they like when the first words out of their mouth to Brooklyn where you didn't connect or whatever. It's like, uh, uh, let's just get to the guts of it. There's no way in hell Brooklyn should be in the bottom two and not Silky. Period. Okay. I think this is the a part where they're judging different contestants on different things. Yep. Because they were expecting so much more out of Brooklyn. And Brooklyn executed a very good dance number. Yeah. I, I agree that it, it didn't connect. I, she didn't put the stank on it as she swore an oath to Todrick. Um, and she, it didn't present anything new. And not that Silky presented anything new, but people weren't expecting that out of Silky. And people got what they were expecting out, out, of, out of Silky. Um, so, and as, as soon as Brooklyn started giving negative critiques, I was like, well, that that's the yeah oh yeah no to me it was like you guys were going to have this banji Brooklyn lip sync and banji's the only one who hasn't won anything yeah banji's leaving so you're definitely gonna put Brooklyn in the bottom yeah um do i think that i mean to me yes i think silky was more underwhelming they're judging brooklyn by a higher standard and i get it it was doable this time so they did it i feel like they're to me at this point if like Silky was worse, but Brooklyn was definitely, like, third, like, middle of the pack, I guess, at this point, but still just filed in the bottom. I'm kind of fine with that. It's when it's just egregious, like, when they put sugar cane in the bottom, where it was like, you have all the footage, and you're not even trying to control the optics here at all, where I'm like, like, that's when I'm, like, in a rage. Yeah. This, to me, was like, all right, you want to give us the the Brangy lip sync. I get it. So, uh, what did you guys think of the lip sync? Solid B plus lip syncs from everyone. It's about where I am. Yeah, I mean, so 
There was that one point where Brooklyn like detached her leg and swung it over her head when she was sitting down, which was I loved. Yeah. Highlight of, of the lip sync, but like I wanted more of, of kind of that weird dancer thing coming through and less of point ballerina. Yeah, the, the going out in the toe shoes really kinda locked her into some choices. Like had it been who let the dogs out or you know, I will always love you, or or any song like it was. Well, it's going to be yeah. the ballet version, right? Um, yeah, it just. It, it, I think Brooklyn. I, I'll say I think Brooklyn did win the lip sync. I think Vanjie was fine, but the same uh, stressed out detachment that we've identified in the rest of the episode definitely got on her lip sync. Oh, I I think it was actually different. I. I feel like we've been seeing her execute the dance as well, but be lifeless and fearful in the face in a way that's like, this isn't selling it, bitch. I feel like watching this lip sync, I would say Vanjie's giving me soul, and she really... I feel like she was performing the song with her face, which is kind of the opposite of when she's doing the lip syncs, the way that she was doing them. And she's not focusing on dancing, even though she's a phenomenal dancer. I think you could tell she's nervous, but I think she's doing the inverse Mm -hmm. thing, where she's like, She's selling it with her face, but she like she took off a skirt early. That song has lows where you could have taken that skirt off. Use the movement at the top and then build it up to move faster at the end. Like she just made bad choices, but her face was in it selling the song to me the whole time. I felt like Brooklyn's was kind of odd and had highs and lows, but in the end came together to win it. But she was the ballet part did lock her in. Um, I would I would agree with you. Solid B pluses all around from two phenomenal dancers. Yeah. I, I agree. I think Vanjie sold the song with her face. Like, I believed the song coming from Vanjie more than I believed it mm. coming from Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like Brooklyn danced it and Vanjie sold it yeah. with her face. Like, like, and, like, so my personal preference is I enjoyed Vanjie's more than mm. Brooklyn's. I understand Brooklyn's was a more theatrical, rounded performance, and I get why. Yeah. She, and I mean, with Vanjie's performance, Vanjie was never going to win anyways. But I, 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 I do understand why Brooklyn's lip sync was the better lip sync, but I I personally enjoyed Bandy much. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I And for me, it was a toss-up, but by the end, I felt like Brooklyn managed to add enough facial hysteria yeah. that I felt like she had it. And to me, like, I think it's the same nerves manifesting just differently this time, mm-hmm. but it was like, Banji, I know you can dance better than this song. I know you can. <laughs> like, what are you doing right now? You're way too in your head. Um, so, so we get the elimination and the very tender kiss goodbye. Which is sweet. And then, as far as I'm concerned, the highlight of the whole fucking episode, Miss Vanessa Vanjie Mateo's exit. I would love to know your thoughts. That was what we were all missing the rest of the episode. The rest of the season. Season. When she came out like three times, I'm like, you you own that stage. You made Rue laugh. You made them turn the lights back on for you. Oh, yeah. And they kept the whole damn thing in because you're funny as fuck. Yes, yes. yes. That just... Like, I was wondering, is she just going to default to Miss Vanjie, Miss Vanjie? And... Oh, no. She she had dementia. Oh, Girl, was... she gave you more. Yeah. She gave you extra. No, it, it was great. It was like, like, and we've talked about this before with, like, um, you know, Latrice and All-Stars 4. Like, there are queens who are great queens, great performers, but not necessarily great Drag Race contestants. And I think Vanjie might, and, and she'll be back for All-Stars, so we'll get one more data set here for my theory. But I wonder if she is that queen, is just the... The stress and the restrictions and the constant contradictory critique, does that just wear her down in a way that's like, 
when she own, when she can own the stage herself, she's amazing. Um, I wonder if just the and, and it, it, maybe it was just a bad couple of weeks, but it was just I I spent that whole episode thing like. Did someone call Vanjie to tell her a relative died, like, in the workroom, and that's what's been happening the rest of this episode? It was just, the disconnect was so hard this episode. Um, I I just think that that disconnect has been there the entire time. I think that she came in with another dimension of anxieties about an idea of a person that she was supposed to live up to that I think took the normal pressure cooker of this and added another dimension of it for her, and she's never been in the spotlight prior to last year's you know viral sensation and i get it and i think it got in her head and then the second that pressure was off what makes her like the high point of a 12 queen show both as a dancer and doing her mic work telling jokes and making fun of pheromone which i fucking love her digging into pheromone Uh, (laughs) um i I mean low-hanging fruit but she does it well talk about shooting fish in a barrel she does it better than i would do girl um (laughs) She, she what, fucking nothing? kills it. So the second the pressure's gone, we get the Vanjie that yeah. we love. I don't even know if it's that she's not good at this show, but I don't But I don't care. Like, I'm glad, I'm sure she'll be on an all-star season. I'm looking forward to more time with her. She's a great entertainer and we all love her. I think people are, she's going to get those cookies. Girls who perform better this season are going to get, like, fewer people wanting to come out and see them than Vanjie is. So as far as I'm concerned... I fucking love you, Vanessa Vanjie Mateo. I will see you anytime you are in Chicago and often when I'm visiting other, other cities if you are also there. You are a star and a drag race legend and an all-star as far as I'm concerned. You were giving us constant like B plus A minus performances through the vast majority of this. Like, I fucking love you. What did you think of the exit of the group? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's anything else to add to that. <laughs> yeah, I probably should have asked that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I think if she went out any other way, it would have been disappointing. Like, as soon as we knew for certain she was yeah, going yeah. home, that was like, everyone held their breath. And we're like, how's this going to go down? Yeah. And she delivered with classic Vandy in a new way that raised her star even more yeah. than it already has this season. Yeah. All right. So we're, we have our top four. And do we want to want to lay out predictions? Yeah, no. Let's chat. Let's. What did you guys think of this season thus far, and what are your thoughts on the top four? I can condense both those questions Please with see. one answer. It's a foregone conclusion that Brooklyn's going to win, and that's the problem with this season. Okay. This is the most of the top four that I expected to be top four. Okay. I did not expect Soki to be top four. Okay. And or want in the initial episode, Soki. I understand why she's there, but. Yeah. Um, I am more hopeful. And don't think Brooklyn's the winner. I, th- I, I think it's Evie. You think it's Evie? I think it's Evie. I yeah. think Evie's done more and has a more interesting story. She's elevated the show. Yeah. And draft yeah, more than but... Brooklyn. She, she to me has brought the most to this show, and I'm impressed with it. But her narc energy in the workroom. Is just not going to test well with everybody. Well, no, I, I I would want Evie to win of the remaining queens. I agree. I think she's brought the most to the show and has done the most interesting things. But, like, they have a hard-on for Brooklyn Heights. It's just Rue Ru likes a pretty queen. Yeah, Rue is getting, like, too basic to judge the show in my opinion anymore. Just a little bit. Like like I said uh, uh, in another episode, I, I like the idea of a final being like a 
like a Hogwarts of drag. Where I know. Like you, like, you like those four houses. Go I, ahead. And I want that. And I want Nina, Nina West should be in the final four. I'm not saying she should win. I think she should have a shot at winning. Much like everyone uh, who is stupid on the internet misread all of the complaints about Manila being like, uh, like, it's not that I think Manila must have won All Stars 4. It's that an All Stars 4 final is an illegitimate calculation without Manila in it. Yes. Like, and yeah. the structure of the show is inherently flawed because yeah. it sets it up to eliminate the best. As far as I'm concerned, Manila was on one All Stars 4. I don't give a fuck what RuPaul said at the end of it. Yeah. Like, who left with the best boost to their reputation and who showed up, like, with the biggest lipstick energy, the baddest bitch? Yeah. Unquestionably, yep. Manila was on. So, to me, I agree with you. Like, this, again, this Final Four is meaningless to me because Nina West is not in it and Nina West belongs in any Final Four that is valid for this season. I get that Silky is loud in the workroom. That is not interesting to me. Yeah, it, and it just it's three episodes in a row now with Sugar, Nina, and then putting Brooklyn in the bottom, where it was like a a, a person in all black and a head and a microphone could have walked in front of the camera and said, "Here's who we're putting in the bottom," and it would have been less produced than what we just, than what we spent the last month watching. I agree, and, th- and that's the thing. Like, and it, this is a weird place I'm in because last week's Game of Thrones pissed me off and we're recording this on the day of the finale and it hasn't aired yet so I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. I might, You're going to hate it. Go on. I'm probably going to hate it. Um, I'm mad at Star Trek Discovery. I'm mad at the world. It just, I've, I've had to spend a lot of time asking myself do I dislike all of the prestige shows I used to love deeply um, because I'm just an angry, tired person or they're actually suffering in quality and I've landed on, at least in this case, no, there's been a decline in quality of the writing on the show to me the production of the show has gotten terrible and they just know that like twink like idiot twinks are gonna watch it anyways it doesn't matter and real housewives drama will like whatever and i think the the drag purists will keep watching anyways i have just reached a point where drew's opinions don't mean anything to me anymore it's still a great drag showcase i don't view it as a competition in any way if you're gonna keep silky doing a much worse job over Nina West, who has performed better, who is performing the song better, who clearly, like, did better this week, unquestionably, and overall in the performance, because Silky is loud and annoying in the workroom, and you think that's compelling, your judgment is meaningless to me, and that's fine. I'm not, like, if I get myself hung up on it, I'm not going to enjoy the show. I fucking love this show. I just don't respect RuPaul's opinions anymore. Yeah. And that's fine. I'm fine yeah. with that. Like, it's my version of Zen in this situation. <laughs> what do you think of a Final Four? Are you thinking, like, are you, this is exactly who you thought you would see at the top except for Silky? Yeah, I mean, I figured those would be the top three, and then there were a couple people who could be in yeah. the fourth spot. Um, okay. Like, Nina. I, I definitely saw see. Nina in the top four. Yeah. Nina, Brooklyn. Nina and Brooklyn were two who I definitely saw in the top four. Yeah. Um, from the beginning. And Akira I wanted in the top four, but I felt like the edit was sleeping on her so much, I didn't think she would make it there. But I was impressed with her drag enough that I thought she probably should by the end. Silky, I thought they would probably keep in the top four because they seemed really fixated on her in the edit. I think they think that we were going to find her a lot more compelling than, like, literally anyone has. But, but it's okay because forgiveness is key. Oh my god. 
God taught me the greatest gift is forgiveness. Yeah. God may give you pads. God will not teach you how to wear them properly. <laughs> I enjoyed that. That was great. Oh all right. My God. So I think that's the episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Valkyrie, thank you so much for being here. We had a blast recording with you. Yeah, no, thank you. Love to come back for a, a third time. Or maybe <laughs> a, a third first time if there's another. No, I think no, this I'm, microphone is working. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm watching okay. little spikes right now. Everything's everything's golden. Um, all right, so thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm Conde Nasty. I'm Ursula the Sea Bitch. And this has been Reading Drag Race. Please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, send affectionate smoke signals of love. You get the idea. And if your name is Louis Fertel, we love you. You're a model. You look like Linda Evangelista. Please be on our podcast. Bye. Bye.